welcome to Annie's Pink Chair. You guys, I'm like tripping out. I'm probably jumping in my seat. Can you see me? Because I'm in the Pink Chair studio right now, and I have today this special, special friend of mine, unique friend of mine, and, and she is just anointed. She's going to rock your pants off. I'm going to tell you something right now. This girl is a rocker. Her voice breaks barriers and atmospheres and domes and glass ceilings. My friend Lacey's here today. And Lacey, how are you, girl? I love you. I'm so happy you're here today. Woo! I love you too. I'm so happy to be with you. Your I'm voice is just, woo! Okay, your hair got long. Okay, I haven't seen you in a long time. See, so you're growing out your hair. And Must again, we're here today at the Annie's Pink Chair Studio. You guys can see, and we wish right now that you were here, Lacey, with us, but it's okay. Thank you. We're on Zoom and we can handle it. But I wanted to talk to you. Oh my gosh, you were on my list like since way last year to do this. And so uh, obviously we couldn't connect times, but we finally got through. I, I text dubs and it was like, yay, here we are. And uh, some of you might not know this, but my dear friend here, and if you're a rocker fan or a music fan, you're going to know who this girl is here. I mean, she is nobody to mess with. What band, were, what band did you kind of like start and found? Uh, I can't remember Lily. the name. Yeah. What's it called Lily. again? Flyleaf. Flyleaf. <laughs> I mean, so awesome, dude. Um, I was asking you earlier about... Some people don't know this, and I love this when you do this. One of the things I love about you, Lacey, is when you do a concert, you'll stop, like, in the middle and just start talking about Jesus. And talking, or just talking, like, you know, the Holy Spirit. I feel the Holy Spirit's here. And, like, you just go off. And, and that was one thing that really attracted to me to what you're doing is that you didn't care. Even when you were, you know, singing with Flyleaf, and a lot of that music, a lot of that music that was written, didn't you, weren't you part of that? Flyleaf? Yes. Yeah, I, I was the one that got everybody to start playing music together. And um, yeah, I, I was, I, all the lyrics were things that I, Samir wrote some, Pat wrote some, um, and then I wrote all of it, all the rest too. So we, we all worked together, but if I sang it, I had to mean it. So there was always something in there that I'd had to like make sure it was personal to me. So it it was it was a lot of it. If if my if I mean it, I know the last five album I wasn't obviously singer for that last album, but anything that I'm singing on really does have my heart in it and a signature of you know faith in there in my my experience with. God and his influence on everything. I mean, he's the source of everything right. and the reason why I'm alive. So it's going to come out, going to be in there. So of course, and you're such an incredible artist and you're so creative and what brought you to that place? I mean, just to even write like that from the depth of your soul to write such beautiful lyrics, but there, a lot of them just were like super dark, like, but they always ended up with the light at the end of it, you know, and, and just, just so beautifully done and intricately roved together. Like I, I kind of, I see it kind of like this, like it's like this butterfly and all the feathers and the colors are being woven together. 
as you're singing, and then right at the end of the song, it takes off, and and the butterfly's free. Do you know what I'm saying by that? So what about you know what happened to you? Because I love this part of your your testimony is when you're when you were just at the lowest point in your life. What happened to you where you didn't want to live anymore? Like how did this all start? Well, I um, I was I guess. I remember from a very early age just being, being um, just stuck on this question about why, how I didn't get to choose to be born and how, like, why am I here? Because my mom, um, from the time I was young, you know, I never met my dad. She was a single mom and a young mom. She was a teen mom when she had me, 15 when she had my brother, 16 when she had me. And then... Um, her and my dad split up when I was young. He ended up, you know, having issues with alcohol and going to jail um, over that when I was very young. And so my mom was sort of on her own with us. And then afterwards, she ended up, you know, just on this. It, it was just difficult, obviously, for her. And so she always had a faith in God that actually held our family together, I suppose. And always talked to me about God. But I always felt like a burden, you know, like I always felt like I was another mouth to feed in a sense, you know, like um, growing up sort of in American poverty, you know, that's different from other world, other, you know, other places, but feeling like I was in the way in a lot of ways, you know, that just recognizing how hard it was for my mom to have to take care of people. And by the time, you know, there at one point by the time I think it was when I was at, at 15, 14. Yeah, I think I was 14. And there were six of us and my mom was on her own at that point, six kids. And, um, and just really feeling the weight uh, that she was carrying and, um, just feeling again, like a burden, like a mistake. And, but also, you know, I kind of, I, I mean, I trusted that God was going to take care of us when I was young because I saw him do miracles in my mom's life um, to just provide for us. You know, nobody's, our car breaks on the side of the road and somebody comes along and picks us up and gives us a ride to the gas station. And, you know, we don't have any food and somebody brings some by or we don't have nowhere to go and somebody opens up their house. And my mom would always say, God would take care of us, you know. Right, right. And you physically saw this, didn't you? Yeah, I watched that wow. happen. And then when I was um, uh, 10 years old, my mom, she she was close with her little sister who was, I think, 17 at the time when she ended up getting pregnant and coming to live with us. My mom was uh, pregnant at the same time, so her and my aunt had babies together at the same, around the same time, and they grew up kind of like brothers mm-hmm. until they were they were about three and my aunt married a man and moved to Houston. So we were living in Arlington, Texas at the time. And shortly after they moved to Houston, that man that she married beat my little cousin to death. And, um, and I thought immediately, I just remember thinking, I thought God was going to take care of us, you know? So I just, I realize now when I look back at that, actually the moment when I quit trusting that there was a God to take care of us right. and just really on my own without knowing the language of atheism or whatever became an unbeliever. 
and, and also became addicted to sadness. Like I remember feeling like I couldn't be sad. I couldn't like, it was wrong to be happy when horrible things like that go on in the world. You you don't want to say something into that because when you're going through trauma and it sounds like your life was, even as a young girl, you, you were dealing with a lot of trauma, like not having what you need as a child and seeing how, even though God did come through, seeing like the, maybe the nervousness or the anxiety that might've came with because you weren't being always provided for, but then God would show up right, maybe at the 11th hour, right? Mm -hmm. That causes sometimes trauma inside your mind growing up, right? And then dealing with that death, if, if you didn't deal with it properly, that can cause that trauma too. So what happens is your, your brain just, it's, it's, it knows that's the only thing it has. And so when you move away from that, it, it, it's not comfortable for you. So like you said, you became addicted to, I don't know what, what you want to call it, darkness or sadness, sadness. Yeah. And I, I say it that way because I would catch myself laughing or catch myself in a happy place and say, you're not allowed to be happy. This place is messed up. Um, why wouldn't you, why weren't you allowed to be happy? Um, well, in my mind, I realized just as I look back, realizing that I felt like it was wrong to be happy because my cousin was dead and I was still alive and he died in such a horrible, violent way. And I, I just thought, how can you be happy when things like that happen in the world? If you're happy, you're either naive and you don't know about these things or you're sick (laughs) that you would just ignore it or just act like that stuff doesn't matter. How can we be happy in a world where stuff like this happens? And I was so offended at happy people. I was so offended at people talking about God. I was like, either you're naive or you're, you're, you're sick. You know, um, and so I think what I realized later too, after I actually became a Christian and recognized God is actually there with you in that place, not only there, but he actually took all that in in his self, like, and that's kind of, I guess, where we'll get to that most of the people I judge as naive or messed up were actually had actually been through worse things than I had and actually faced them and, and went through the sorrow and actually came. Cause I thought it was just shallow surface to be happy, but there, but there's a depth that's deeper than sorrow and it's joy. <laughs> so you were ba- yeah. You were basically goth girl for a minute, like in your mind, like, this is great, goth. Like I'm just going to be sad, and I'm just going to be depressed. And I love goth culture. Yes. Yeah, I, I do. T- I, I just think it's really fascinating to hear the way you're describing that. That you felt like you couldn't be happy because it's not fair to be happy because your cousin, you know, the murder. It's like that's real. You know that. I mean, he was like the epitome of innocence, and also this man was my was heroic to me in many ways he was he was always like buying us stuff and so kind and always like picking us up from school and like doing fun things and just so funny and always complimenting and like just to me he was a great man and I'm 
And then to know that somebody could do that, that you like believed in, like, I was like, what else, what else does the world have to offer? I mean, and then I was just offended that people would have children in this world. (laughs) I'm like, why would anybody have a child and stuff like this could happen? Like, like I'm like just mad at my mom and (laughs) I was just hated everybody. I just hated and I hated myself for being, you know, a burden always. And I hated the people around me. I just, I was so full of just darkness in that way. It's like, so. it's kind of like a black hole. Once it starts, it's like gets bigger, right? It's like you can't control it. Does, yeah. does that seem, and for me personally, when I started walking down that darker path, it just got bigger and bigger and I couldn't see anything. Hi friends, it's Annie Lobert from Annie's Pink Chair, and I am actually on location at our nonprofit ministry called The Destiny House. And do you feel and see the presence that's going on here? The peace, the calmness, the comfort, the beautiful grass, the trees. This is what each woman comes to when she enters our Destiny House program for sex trafficking victims. Would you please consider partnering with us monthly or just send us a one-time donation? Just go to our website at hookersforjesus.net and click on donate. And listen, your donation goes to a good cause and it's tax deductible. Thank you so much. What happened to you? Like, how did this, how did God intervene? Because you obviously, you didn't want to believe in him, Lacey. And all of a sudden you're faced with this dilemma. Like you did not want to live. Well, what I think is fascinating now is um, realizing the very things that were meant to save my life were the things that I was the most uh, suspicious of and rejecting of and the things that actually destroy my life were the things I was embracing and I didn't realize that's the way that it was working I thought if you tell me something's a sin I'm gonna go do it because you're not gonna control my life and so what's interesting about thinking you have freedom to reject to to like go sin is that what the whole point of God saying what what is sin Sin is missing the mark of love because God is love. And so we're supposed to, so where do we miss that mark of love? And I'm thinking, no, you know, this isn't loving and this isn't loving and this isn't loving. You know, one of the things I think is so funny is that even Christians do this where we, we feel like we're on the right side of the argument and non-Christians do this too. We feel like we're on the right side of the argument and Jesus is actually arguing on both sides of the yeah, argument. Yeah, yeah. and I know this now as a parent and I sound like a freaking idiot because (laughs) like they're fighting over something and he's like well he took my thing and and I had it first and and I'm like and you should give him that you should let him have it back and you shouldn't take it and they're like okay now so I should give it and you should take it (laughs) but like I don't care about 
this is, I want to care about each one's heart as an individual. And so it's not about this blanket of like right and wrong. It's about what's going on in your heart. Are you loving? <laughs> right, right. Are you really, what's your motive? Your motive is everything. Like I love what David's, King David said, at, at, you know, creating me a clean heart. Just, Ugh. you know, God, see my heart, clean it out, get out the junk. Yeah. So that yeah. surrender moment, how long ago was that when you finally was like, you know what? I'm going to try God. Let me see if God works. <laughs> it was the tiniest little spark of a, not even a flame, a tiny little spark of a yes. That's all it takes. <laughs> That's right. Tiny he little. Is like, he was like, I see it. He totally got you, didn't he? He got you. So it wasn't just that. I do, I do think it's amazing. I mean, I don't know. I feel like weepy right now, but just thinking of how he saved my, not just my life, but my, um, he, 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 he taught me what love really is, you know? And I didn't, I thought I knew, I remember this moment of, okay. So what happened was I, plan to commit suicide. I had this, you know, I, I dove into this sin. I dove into th- the things I thought were controlling, which, you know, if God wants to control you, he'll make you a tree. He wouldn't give you legs to walk <laughs> around with and a voice to talk with and a brain to question everything. He made you a free person. Mm-hmm. That's, um, that is love. I didn't even realize love honors freedom. That's crazy. We don't get that. You know, we think love is like, I'm never going to let you do anything. Yes. You know how you said, you know, God didn't make us a tree, but yet Jesus was hung on a tree, which is so crazy. Oh, that's true. And when he he says, no one takes my life from me. Right. When he he got on that tree, it's like he, there's no, there's no turning back now. It's like, you're stuck. Like you're getting crucified today. So that's really deep. He, he did it for the joy set before him for us. He did it. He, he like, that's the covenant. That was the covenant moment. You know, that was the, I'm marrying you. This is how I'm going to marry you. We're going to die together today. We're both going to die today. How did I die with Jesus on the cross 2000 years ago? I did. I died with him. I was buried with him. I was raised with him. And that's the crazy part about all of this is there's, there's a, crazy mystery that is the most deepest reality yeah. in all the universe it is the deepest reality you know we marvel at like harry potter stories of like the books that are ancient and blah 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 and like you know like this the spells and that you know witchcraft and all these things we marvel at this because there's something in it that's whispering there's something more than right what we see. i think about egyptology and that too like did they know God and not let us know that they knew him? Like they had gods, but like, it's so interesting. It's mysterious, but there's God in it. There's God in Harry Potter even too. And some Christians would argue that, but there's God in there because in each story, there's a savior. There's a savior. Because there has to be a bit of truth in order for you, for the human heart, there has to be the story of Christ. Otherwise we won't pay attention to it. That is the formula for story. It has to have the elements of the, of the gospel or we won't be attracted to it. So they know the formula for how to make something sell and how to keep your attention. And the enemy knows this too. So he puts this truth that will hook us. And then he puts lies all around it so that, we can't, we won't come if there's not a bit of truth, but then that's also God's loophole. The thing they loved was not you, Satan. It was me in the midst of your lie. <laughs> oh, you actually, yeah. You had to put in there 
and so, it's like, whoo, yeah. come on, girl. Now, speaking of that, you're literally in this kingdom right now of God. And you are in this, and obviously you gave your life and you said a spark. It was a tiny piece and God just did something. And, you know, lo and behold, writing, musician, I don't even know how you got into singing. I mean, listen, we got to do a couple more shows to get into that. And I know, how many books have you written so far? Three. Three, three right? Three. And they can find them where? Well, you can go to LaceySturm.com. Okay. You can... You can buy them on Amazon. You can buy them on Barnes & Noble. You know, any place they sell books, you can probably order, order it any place. But I yeah. mean, beyond that, what about all the music? Where is all the music right now? Do you have all your music available on Lacey Sturm, too? Yeah, I mean, we don't sell any flatties there. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's okay. That's a whole nother show, right? That's a that's all series, actually, right? The thing that's is, a- the, everything that in the books... Like the reason that's the first book I wrote, it was about the story I'm telling right now. It's about how I got to a place where I didn't want to live. It's about why I wanted to relate to the Christians who don't know, who don't understand how somebody could be suicidal um, and how the Christians who don't understand somebody who walks into their church looking crazy. Girl, I want to, I want, I, I, Lacey, you know, you're just what you're saying right now. Like I was saying earlier about the kingdom, you're, you're literally Satan really, really wanted you because you are an entertainer and he knew, I mean, listen, God knew the talent and the the singing and all that. And you are supposed to be one of his generals. You're supposed to be one of his leading generals to lead everyone into the darkness. Right. But Jesus flipped the script on all that. And, and it, it amazes me. But also when you say a Christian it's not right for us to be depressed. It's not right for us to want to commit suicide. Do you know that thought has been in my mind so many more times than I could count? I don't seem like that person, but before I overdosed, that thought was in my mind for a couple months straight. But even even like the situations I go through now, don't think it doesn't come back sometimes. Mm-hmm. What do we do? What did you do? How did you overcome that? Okay, well, first of all, I think every stronghold we have any demon that's allowed to stay in our lives is because of something going on that we with our our minds are in the wrong place yes that's why the bible says renew your mind that's why you can be delivered by somebody calling the demon out or by going to counseling it it can be like god might want to take it out right away and it's over and you're like why was i thinking that way or he might want you to go through the process of combing through your thoughts and finding the root in your counseling like two years later I don't know who knows he told a guy one guy go to this pool and wash and somebody he just said you just say the word and it's done you know how about this <laughs> here <laughs> yeah. let me spit on your eyes real quick <laughs> but the thing is that that if if we again renewing your mind restoring the joy of our salvation I believe my salvation that the experience of understanding that I'm not an accident right. that was huge one of the roots of my despair was feeling there, this is a pointless life that I'm just waiting to die. And why not now? You know, like, and there's nothing, there's no point in the suffering. There's no point in the pain. That was one of the roots. And so when I encountered God, the first clearest, you know, statement was you're not an accident. You're intentional by a God of love. Like he made you on purpose. That was, enough, that was a huge change. 
for me as far as the way I saw myself. I saw myself now as not very intentionally made as a woman, as my body was intentionally made. I hated my body. Not that I was like, thought I was ugly, although I I did think I was ugly. I just wasn't, I just didn't care about myself. Like I didn't care about if I was doing harm to my health, I didn't care about anything. Like I was like, Oh, I'm not dead today. I guess I'll just go try again. I mean, like living this kind of like suicide wish, this reckless life, like what the heck? I don't know what that is. Can I take the whole bottle? Like, um, you know, like woohoo, living life adventure. What, maybe I'll die. You know, the stupid kind of, because what it is, the devil hates us and he knows our the potential of the human that we don't know about ourselves. We're made in the image of God. We're made to be his children, to like look like him and wear our crowns and like like go. What is the point? Jesus said, my my work, my mm. mission mm-hmm. is to destroy the works of the devil. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Christians, that's our mission, yes. to destroy the works of the devil. It's in the Come Bible. On. He doesn't want us to know the Bible because all the spiritual laws are written in there. All the truth about who we really are is right. in there. The truth about the demise of the enemies in there. Like, we think we should be scared of the enemy. No, we're, you know, we he's scared of us and he, we're scared of God. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're not scared, like, scared in the way, like, we're like... God made the, everything in not just the universe, the, every comet that's coming, everything that hangs in the balance, everything that's put together. He made time. He made your heartbeat. He makes your breath come, you know, out of your lungs. He makes everything hold together. That's the one we should be in awe. Like if he says stop, you stop. If he says heart stop, your heart stops. If he says, you know. Man, I, that okay, we, we only have one minute, but. Okay. Lacey, I just, girl, I, I, I could listen to you for hours. I know Sorry. everyone agrees with me. Right now, you're agreeing with me right now. I was thinking about the nucleus of a cell. Explain that. Explain the <laughs> nucleus of a cell, how it stays alive and has this energy. And Girl, you are this ball of energy. And when I see you, and I'm just going to give this word, like, you're like this broken, beautiful glass pieces everywhere, different colors and then when you shake it up and you put it into the light, it becomes this beautiful kaleidoscope. And every expression that you are, it shakes. You can shake it up again, and God says, look again. And he says to you, Lacey, look again. I've got another picture for you of my glory. And, and, and just the stained glass, like, I just see that. And I know God's doing a wonderful work right now. And I just bless you, girl. And I just want you to tell people your website again. Because we're going to have part two again soon, right? I know you have to go. But what's your website? LaceyStrom.com, I guess. Yeah. Okay. And where can <laughs> and they find you on social back, media? ReflectLoveBack.com is like a Bible study thing that we, we created for people who are just like wanting to learn about the Bible and and explore their faith for themselves. Because people are walking away from church, God, but they're not really walking away from God. They're walking away from church. Yes. And so you can know God for yourself through the scriptures and the Holy Spirit. Just ask the Holy Spirit, read the scriptures, and there's the truth. And you don't have to worry about like the way everybody else is you know going all over the map you can actually know the way yourself yes I I totally agree you guys out of the box today with Lacey we love you Lacey and your family and your kids and everything you're doing and I miss you and love you and thank you so much for coming on Annie's Pink Chair I will see you yeah you're welcome and we will see you guys next time and you guys look at this this is what she's saying was real 
really contemplate. If you're depressed today, God is your answer. Jesus is your answer. He is going to redeem your life and set you free. Just give him a piece of you and he'll finish the rest. All right, you guys, we'll see you later. We love you. Bye.